I came here to tell you the truth. And the truth is, you can make him like you. But you cannot make me like this song. Every single interview with anyone in any sport after a game. So you won. How'd you do that? Well, we tried really hard and then we won. And back to you. My phone is saying hashtag do it like baby challenge on YouTube. What does that mean? What? I don't want to, I don't want to know. Hey everyone, it's Desi. I hope you've been keeping up on your episodes of Hot Ones because we're here today with some hot and spicy takes. So get your glasses of milk ready because we're here with our most controversial thoughts since first declaring that the old study is for women, the most overrated and underrated tracks. Thanks for listening. Hey guys. Hello. How's everyone? Good. It's been a very uh, spooky, festive weekend. Today we went to a pet parade. Uh, some very good pet costumes. There was a, a guy that was dressed up and we asked if he was a wrestler who has like black and white face paint. We were like, are you Sting or are you the Crow? And he was like, uh, the Crow, but actually Ichabod Crane or something like that. And we were like, oh, okay, you're you're that kind of weirdo. Huh. But uh, <laughs> yeah. If you grew up in upstate New York, you know that Ichabod Crane High School always got called for a snow day and you never heard of it any other time except on snow day time. Exactly. You'd be like, well, and so that was past my school district. Mine was Hyde Park. So it would Mm -hmm. be Hyde Park. Yay. And then Ichabon Crane. Who's that? Right. And for some reason, even watching it in a a suburb, you know, a half hour from Albany, Ichabon Crane would still come on that. It's like, how are we even in the same local news bracket? Yeah. No, it's Westchester County, which is pretty far from where I grew up. Right. Me too. I went to a dog parade yesterday. Uh, McGulrick Park has one. It's been more organized in past years. The big one is the Tompkins Square Park one, which is not even in Tompkins Square anymore. But um, there's also a pretty organized one in Fort Greene. But McGulrick Park is across the street from me. So um, I went there and, you know, dogs and costumes. That's all I need. I saw the Brooklyn Nets was my favorite one that I saw. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Oh, and someone was also the the web telescope with their dog. Oh, cute. That's it cute. was like really creative. I was like, this is took so much effort. That's cute. It was fun. And then last night I went to see, um, uh, or yesterday afternoon I went to see Nosferatu at United Palace, which is related to my so much joy. So nice. I'll wait on that. Nice. We went to a friend's out in Western Massachusetts um, yesterday for a little get-together, fall get-together. No costumes, but I did make a very uh, spooky charcuterie. Charbuterie, maybe, you'd say. Nice. Yeah. Nice. I like it. Well done. And I am prepping my costume for school tomorrow. The sixth grade teachers are all dressing up as puns. Oh, yeah. That's so good. Yeah. Yeah. Desi, what were you in the parade? Uh, We were the, um, so obviously I love wrestling. We, uh, we went, it was just me, Evan and Dosi. So we went as the three faces of Mick Foley. Uh, So Evan was Mankind. I was Cactus Jack and uh, got a custom Cactus Jack shirt, but substitute Nosi's face on it instead. Um, And then Nosi was Dude Love. Amazing. I really appreciate your commitment to the bit. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I really did not expect for it to uh, win any awards, but I, I just really wanted to do this because last year, Nosey and I dressed as uh, this, like dressed as a wrestler. um, And everybody's like, Oh, what are you? And I don't think many people knew 
at the parade what we were, but one of the judges remembered us from last year and remembered that we did this last year. Uh, and I think she also appreciated the commitment to the bit. So I think that she pushed for us to, uh, to win one of the categories, which I appreciate. We love a lot of things around here. And one of the top is the commitment to the bit. It's That's true. It's true. A good bit. Be strong in the wrong. Well, Being yeah. strong in the wrong, I think is a good, uh, good title for this episode. Uh, episode topic. Yeah, I have to remember who said that to me so I can credit them later. But anyway. For now, we'll plagiarize. I hope everyone brought their oven mitts because we have an episode full of hot piping takes. Fresh out of the takes. oven. Some spicy takes. Your, get your glasses of milk. Oh. Get your milkshakes. <laughs> Whatever else they get on uh, on hot ones. Oh my god. <laughs> this is the Hot Ones Hold Steady edition. Oh my god. I would be the worst person on that show ever. I'd be like, too spicy, bye. Like, I'd just leave. <laughs> yeah, same. <clears throat> well, we might not have any stomach aches after uh, we ingest the hot takes from this episode, but hopefully we will elicit some strong opinions. Um, Heidi, do you want to talk a little bit about what we're going to do today? Yeah, so there are many, many, many Hold Steady songs to choose from at this point. And I think that many people, and when many is like an understatement, have opinions about them. Some might even rank them. I would never do that. That would be exhausting. I also think those lists are kind of dumb. Today, we are going to submit our most underrated and then our most overrated Hold Steady songs. And we expect you to disagree with us. We're going to disagree with each other. Do at us, bro. Like you can um, at Steady Ladies on Twitter if you want to fight about it. Although... If you're a dude, we probably won't answer you. So, Just And also, you're probably wrong. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, we don't need to be mansplained. We are just all here sharing our opinions. Can I just say something real quick? I want to give a shout out to my friend Kristen. Kristen Meinzer, she hosts a bunch of podcasts, and she's really cool. And I was telling her about our podcast, and she's kind of like, what made you decide to start it? And I told her about how we've been asked, literally, at shows, what are you doing here? And because she's a fan of the band and she just kind of stared at me with her mouth open. And I was like, oh, yeah, that's not even shocking to us anymore. But it, it's fucked up. <laughs> yeah. You know, let us go to the shows. Don't talk to us. Don't talk. We don't Please have don't to explain to anything to you. No. No. No uh, explanation required. Um, so first, uh, giving us her most underrated Hold Study song, in her opinion, is Kaylee. Let's see. I may have once or twice mentioned my thoughts on a certain album called Teeth Dreams. And when I was thinking about my underrated songs uh, to pick from today, I was like, well, obviously I'm going to choose something from Teeth Dreams. But then I thought, I've talked about Teeth Dreams a lot on this podcast. I've talked about Teeth Dreams a lot on the internet. Talked about Teeth Dreams a lot after two glasses of wine to anyone who looks at me. So I decided to look elsewhere. I was also considering open door policy, but I don't know that it has been in the hold steady ether long enough to say whether or not it's properly rated, though I think right now it's a little on the underrated side overall. Um, But I feel like we all need more time to sit with it before I make any calls that way. Um, But all that being said, I think that the most underrated hold steady song is a little one that I that you and that all of us know as Lord, I'm discouraged. I would agree that uh, it's very discouraging 
how much I think that song is uh, is underrated. I think it flies under the radar because it's on Stay Positive. The title track is maybe the, the big attention grabber there. Um, but, I mean, the sentiment of Lord, I'm Discouraged has always really hit home for, I think, a lot of people, especially over the last couple of years. So maybe it will get its just dues soon. But, um, yeah, I think it's underrated. I'd agree. I think everyone's like, oh, my God, the double neck that doesn't exactly. think about the actual song. Yeah. Um, which is impressive. Sure. It's an impressive instrument. Um, it's like having two dicks at once. But um, nobody. Sorry, that's that. gross, isn't it? Everyone made a <laughs> Remember face. Remember that guy on Reddit a couple years ago that did the, uh, oh my God. <laughs> the AMA and he had a, a double dick? Shout out to Claire. Wait, no, we're talking about something else. I was thinking about Two what's things. in Charlemagne's sweatpants. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh no, I don't remember that. So uh, we'll revisit afterwards. Oh, like. I'll I'll send it to you. Old Please double do. dick. Show notes. Put it, in, put it in the show notes. Show notes. Yeah, and Heidi, you're absolutely right. I think that the the double neck is the like showstopper on uh, Lord. I'm discouraged. But when I am um, thinking about that song, you know, it's. It's not the loudness of that solo. That solo is beautiful. It's wonderful live. We're all very impressed by it, right? But I'm not here to talk shit about it or anything. It's a great solo. However, what I think is so special about Lord, I'm Discouraged are the lyrics. And there are some lines in there that are so quietly gut-punching that when I hear it, it just like takes my breath away you know um there is i'm gonna grab the lyrics real quick but i also you know full disclosure grew up with a parent who's an addict and i think that if you have a loved one um someone you love or someone who should be taking care of you or vice versa who has struggled with the things that are talked about in this song then it really is going to hit different as the kids say so there's beautiful imagery in the beginning, and I really uh, love the way that Craig writes about this person and the repeated excuses and half-truths and fortified wine, but the lyrics that always uh, hit me in a really different way are, uh, I know I'm no angel, but I ain't been bad that way, which I think is about the speaker in the song trying to reckon with why do I deserve and why does she deserve to be going through such hurt and pain. And, of course, the last line, so I mostly just pray she don't die. It's just beautiful and heartbreaking um, and devastating overall. And on an album that I think the, the juxtaposition of this song on Stay Positive really increases all of these feelings. Um, so I'll get off my soapbox about Lord, I'm discouraged. But I really think that, you know, the next time that they play this live, which is pretty frequently, just take a minute to think about more than the solo and really listen yeah. to the song, which Craig has said is one of the most personal songs he's ever written. Yeah, I think that the lyrics and the story in that song are really profound. And I think that they speak to a lot of people the same way that they speak to you. But the piano in that song has always just felt like a like a hug to me. Like it's one of the songs that I will like, you know, when I'm really like in the depths or on the floor. Like that's one of the songs I put on which you would think that you want to listen to something that's not going to 
put you further down the, the spiral, but um, I don't know. It's always been really comforting to me. So I'm not religious anymore, but I grew up Catholic. And I remember one of my favorite parts of going to mass um, every Sunday was lighting the candles. And I think of that lighting of the candles and like the desperation that you feel sometimes when you're turning to God or whoever uh, to try and help you with something. And that desperation for me is like really just apparent in this song. Desi, would you like to talk about your underrated Hold Steady song? I sure can. And it's not going to be a surprise to anyone, um, but it is the first time that I have publicly addressed this song's existence since last Brooklyn Bowl, for which I will never forgive them. Separate Vacations is my favorite Hold Steady song, and I think it's underrated probably because it was unreleased for so long. It was just on that iTunes Live from the Apple Store EP from 2008 or something. yeah. Yeah, they never played it live, and then the one Brooklyn Bowl I missed, they play it, and I... I have faith that I will get over it someday, but you know, today's not that day, but like similar to Lord, I'm discouraged. And I think that the lyrics really paint a picture of a certain type of person, a certain type of relationship, certain fears that not a lot of people might have. And I don't understand why this didn't make the record because in a way it's a lot of what we joke about hold steady mad libs a lot but in a way this hits a lot of the notes that are like hostile massachusetts they make allusions to a gang of some sort there's clever like wordplay in the choruses i've never really understood why this missed the mark but heaven is whenever is a a great record it's stacked maybe they just didn't have room for it but another thing that i like about this song is that i think that this is the first song that Craig specifically talks about guns or violence in in a way in a way that shows some anxiety like he says all this gun talk is making me itchy and then in future songs he talks more about guns um and I was in a spree killing shooting in Grand Rapids in 2011 so the song has always like been very personal to me too because I can't like for a long time I couldn't even be around like Thanksgivings were very tense for me and my family for a long time. We'll say, I mean, just because it's a personal song to me doesn't make, doesn't inherently mean that's underrated, but I think the rest of the message of the song being in a relationship that you maybe don't expect to be in or like a type of relationship you don't expect to be in. Like I used to travel all the time and I was, you know, very happy being alone and single and, the idea of being in a relationship sounded fun to me, but I didn't necessarily want to like change the way that I was living my life. So the, I think the song was one of the first instances that I like really thought about, Oh, like you can be in a relationship and you can still have your own interests and your own vacations, I guess. So Anyway, TLDR, I love the song. Lyrics are great. Music's great. Underrated. I'm right there with you. It's one of my favorite Hold Steady songs. I wonder sometimes if, because they do this touring model of only doing like a few cities, several shows, 
if there are some songs that are easier to get back in shape and at some point if they just haven't done it for a while it feels like too heavy of a lift i don't want to like discount their abilities as musicians you know i know that everyone's great but like i wonder if it's just the kind of thing that you forget about if it's something that you just haven't played for so long like it's just not in your conscious subconscious mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I don't want to analyze the band either, but we know, like, psychoanalyze the band, I mean, but I we was also... like, wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> well, analyze the shit out of the band. I don't want to psychoanalyze... Well, actually... <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> I don't want to psychoanalyze the band members as people, um, but, I, you know, when this uh, came out was not a great time for anyone in the band and for the band as a whole. I saw this perform live before Heaven Is Whenever came out, like the summer before it came out, and then it happened to be one of Franz's last shows at the time. I loved it. When I first heard it, I was also in what turned out to be the tail end of a relationship that went on way longer than it should have, and when I heard this song, I was like, fuck. <laughs> because I think it really, like, you want to be comfortable in your long-term relationships, but you don't want to be uh, stifled in that comfort. And I think that this song really like speaks to feeling suffocated. Um, And that's always the feeling that it gives me. I think it speaks to feeling suffocated, but I think that it also kind of shows the, how you can be in a long-term relationship and end up like happy and comfortable. Cause the line, your friends think you're settled. You're scared that they're right. To me, that was always what long-term relationships were. That's what marriage was. But, like, obviously, I'm married, and I would say that I'm very settled, but I didn't settle, and I'm extremely happy. You can have separate vacations and be settled, I guess, is the uh, epilogue of the story. (laughs) That's so interesting, because I always, like, interpret it as negative. I always think that your friends think... Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Like... I always heard it as negative too, but now being in the situation that I'm in, it's funny how the part of your life that you're in colors the way that you relate to or interpret songs a lot of the time. Yeah. Something that's so special about this band, I think, is that they started writing these songs when they were already like pretty much the age that I am now, um, or a little bit younger. So I think reading these lyrics and listening to these songs just feels different once you've had more life experience. I mean, I know that there are things about these songs that I get now that I definitely didn't get when I was 22. Mm. Yeah, same. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, on that note, Heidi, would you like to tell us your underrated? Yeah. Um, again, if you know me, this will come as no surprise. Navy Sheets. It's on Stay Positive. No thumbs down. No, no yucking my yum. This is very okay. rude. Okay, that's okay, okay, um, okay, okay. Uh, but... I understand why people don't like it. I'll just come off with that. It's a little gross. It's a little bit of a gross song. There's a lot of imagery that's very uncomfortable. Um, I will say we're recording this the day before Halloween. Uh, So this is, to my knowledge, the only song that mentions vampires in the Hold Steady catalog. So, No, there's a... There's some... There's another one. Oh. Uh, Well, never mind. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) No, Um, no, no. You, you, I think your your recall is better than mine with this stuff. But. I want to say a slight discomfort mentioned vampires. Oh yeah, maybe. Well, anyway, this is about vampires, and no, um, but that line actually, like the first time I heard, I got to hear this song like a little bit, and this is not to make me sound cool. I got to hear this song a little bit before it came out, like before the record was out, and I listened to the record, and this song, I was just like, whoa, 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 back up. I want to listen to that one again, and like. 
I think that the reasons I love it are that it is probably has the most clear through line to the lift or puller of a lot of their songs. I think that the synth is a good, is just like something that they don't do often, maybe because nobody liked the song. Um, <laughs> it gets very, very dark in a way that a lot of, I mean, Hold Study songs like famously not uplifting. But I think this gets a little more directly dark. Like a lot of times, you know, Craig will talk about, they kind of talk shit about people sideways. Like he'll come in it with metaphors and there's definitely a lot of metaphors in this, but like this one is straight up just like religion is bullshit. Everyone thinks they look really cool, but at the end it's just like, you know, everyone's being gross and like waking up on the sidewalk, like someone got killed. Like it's just basic. I mean, I think it really is just holding up the hypocrisy of religion. First of all, like, there's some imagery in this is that it's so gross that I don't even really want to, you know, analyze it. I think that in the line that I'm talking about is left home virgins came back vampires. It, it, right from the beginning, it's a gut punch. I guess we met a couple bona fide angels, but they all seem kind of fat and fatigued. I think it's just one of his sharpest declarations of hypocrisy and really equates the way that religious zealotry is no different from just being some weirdo that like really needs to look great at the club in a way that's not just having fun for the sake of it. Like they really want you to know how cool they are. What a great time they're having. I don't know, which we're all guilty of that, please. Like, but yeah, the synths, man, I love it. I love the song. They don't play it a lot. I understand why. <laughs> um, but every time they do, it's, it's, I don't know. I just really like I've it. I've never I've never thought about the the lifter pullerness of it. Yeah, cuz I think Craig is never going to write another song where he says I want to fuck you out on Long Island or that's, kissing like she already came. Yeah. That's not going to happen. This and a song Prove us wrong, were, Craig. I know, really. Please <laughs> if you want to write like a your version of WAP, like we are not stopping you. We are here for it. You know what? Yeah. I might actually be here for that. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Guess it depends on the perspective. Yeah. <laughs> it's just a really hopeless song in a way that gives it a freedom. You know? Like there's nothing more free than how you feel when you finally give up. Or yeah, come. Or when you Yeah, that too. That's also Which fun, in a way but... is giving up. Yeah. <laughs> hey, man, you gotta lose control. Uh, <laughs> That's my very circuitous argument. No, uh, I, I, I feel it. I think my main issue, honestly, with this, like, I think it's gross, but I guess musically, I've never really clicked with it. So the lifter puller thing is interesting because I love lifter puller. Some days more than the hold steady. I, I don't know that I hear lifter puller in this song besides the synths, but I think it's the guitar tone because lifter puller has that like. 90s low like indie you know gravelly guitar tone that um and navy sheets is much more uh i guess produced like polished, polished. Yeah. Yeah. yeah 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 it is a yeah. daniela record after all right it's also just musically a lot simpler than a lot of the songs on this record mm -hmm. i think everyone was just kind of like fuck it this song is gonna be exactly what it is and everyone's just gonna have to deal with it i appreciate that energy I do, even though it's not one of my favorite songs, I, I will agree that it's underrated. I think that it gets a lot of hate without merit. I think people just listen to it and they maybe don't like the synth or there's something that they just musically don't like about it. And so they write it off. 
But I think the larger question is that why do so many men of a certain age have navy sheets? They is that really true? do. Yes, like yeah. navy jersey sheets. So many. Sound off in the comments, but like really. <laughs> Sound off in the comments, but think about where you were when you were like twenty-five. Yes, I was just gonna say like recent. No, but no. like no, no, no. You should grow out of that at a certain age. But if you don't trust yourself to have white sheets at this point, you have some growing up to do. Yeah. Well, there's that. <laughs> Sorry, that was extremely judgy. I spill shit all the time. I hope it's just not literal. Uh, no, not literally. Can't say the same you for cats, some other members you know. of my. I was just gonna say I can't say it the same true. for some other members of my household. Um, no, exactly. You're right. I now that I think about it, yep. Mm-hmm. Navy or gray, and those jersey sets from Target that they sell um, all year round really guy. put yeah really put out on the end caps during college time. I thought those were super, like, I always thought those were super comfortable because they were, like, what was marketed as, like, the super comfortable ones, yeah. but I'm kind of a hot sleeper, so I have um, Brooklyn, and please sponsor us, but I, I was love just their about sheets. to say, I also I have Brooklyn. Love- Brooklyn. <laughs> <laughs> They're really good. They're great. They are. They are. Tell me They're you're of a certain age and tax bracket without telling me you're a certain age and tax bracket. <laughs> For fucking real. But they're so good, and, like... They're white. And honestly, mm-hmm. it was a moment in my adulthood where I was like, I'm going to have white sheets. That means I'm going to have to wash them pretty regularly because you can't Which lie about should. that. Yeah. Which is like, yeah. I'm single and 37. So should have gotten there a little earlier. But, you know, we all take our time. We all move at our own pace. <laughs> I uh, I love all white bedding. I've no- I just love the look of it. I think it's so clean and crisp. There's nothing better. It makes me feel like I'm in a hotel. Yes, exactly. Which I'm always trying to mimic the same. feeling of hotel bedding. <laughs> Big same. Yeah. Same, same. Yep. So Brooklyn, please reach out if you would like to <clears throat> sponsor. Yep, you can tweet us at, at Study Ladies on Twitter. Well, now that we're all warmed up, I feel like we might be in a good uh, state of mind to move on to our overrated Hold Steady songs. I'm from Syracuse, and we had a player once on the Syracuse college basketball team who the press called overrated, and the fans took that on as their own chant, like chant of disbelief, and so the whole Carrier Dome would just scream, overrated, Um, which they also do to... Uh, teams coming in to play. It's a pretty great chant. We don't need to include that anecdote. I'm sure there's some people who care about college sports listening to this. I was podcast. just going to say, oh, it's I'm almost sure. has college basketball started yet? Yes. No, yeah. football has. Yeah. Yeah, You're football's right. almost done. Yeah. One of my other favorite podcasts randomly has become sort of also a college sports podcast. Shout out to Election Profit Makers. I don't understand you, but I love Interesting. you. Yeah, Syracuse football is actually ranked and bowl eligible for the first time in a really long time. So it's like Donovan with Nab era that. here. Thank you. Thank you. We're all really proud. <laughs> we worked. It's been a great season for me. We worked really hard. <laughs> Every single interview with anyone in any sport after a game. So you won. How'd you do that? Well, we tried really hard and then we went. And back to you, everyone. Forever. We played the game. We, we showed up. Yeah. Yep. But yes, on the subject of overrated, Desi, would you like to start us off? 
I sure would. I think that my most overrated song is going to be more niche because I think that there's a pretty small group of fans that really get a boner over the song. So I think that this is going to be one that isn't maybe as polarizing as some other choices. But uh, Ballad of the Midnight Holler, I think, is very overrated. You're damn right. And I think that the reason that anyone ever really lost their minds over it was because it was unreleased. And so it was like kind of hard to get, hard to hear. Uh, If you knew it, then that made you super cool or gave you some kind of fake internet credit cachet whatever you want to call it and i think that the people who love it have ruined it for a lot of other people because when i was sitting down and reading the lyrics today i was like oh like this the lyrics are good like the story here is good and the music is good like i haven't heard it a ton just because i think it's kind of overrated but yeah i think that the moral of this story is that fans of the band can ruin songs for other people by overhyping them or trying to make them more than what they are trying Um, to make a song your entire personality yeah yeah and to use as like a status symbol yeah yeah because like it doesn't matter that you know the words to the song that nobody else does i think the first time i heard them play this live was at midnight in the new year's eve show in 2014 to 2015 and i was like okay yeah i don't know why it's like a losing their shit yeah it's it's like a fine b-side but I don't understand why it became, uh, for some parts of the fandom, like such a... White whale. Yes, white whale. <laughs> I think it's like the equivalent of if they covered like a Neil Young and Crazy Horse song or the band. Like it's in that style so much that people kind of react as if they're covering that. So maybe that's where it comes from. I don't know. Yeah. <clears throat> I think people like to feel uh, like they're a part of an exclusive club and that this song kind of became a little synonymous with that too. Hmm. Yeah. I think there's part of that too. Yeah. But anyway, that's one of my overrated old study songs. You're absolutely right. Thank you for having the courage to say it. You know, I'm here to speak the truth. I came here to tell you the truth. And the truth is you can make him like you, but you cannot make me like this song. (laughs) Wow. Um, Yeah, we're starting off with a pretty hot take for certain circles, and I appreciate the your temperature and spiciness level. (laughs) Heidi, just gonna get hotter from here. Yeah, take off your first layer because we're just getting into it. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm gonna say that this first one isn't a serious entry, but according to Spotify. Uh, the second most popular Hold Steady song is The Bear and the Maiden Fair. So if the, you're bear, not familiar with- the Bear! The <laughs> Bear! <laughs> now look, I'm not That's gonna- how I got into them. Like, said no one ever. Um, but, well, maybe some people. Look, I do not begrudge anyone a good payday. And, like, I'm serious. Like, I, I think that there was someone, I think the story was someone who worked on the show was a fan of theirs and they needed some original music and it was their way to get their favorite band to write something. And I don't fault that person. That's fucking cool. And it had to be within the parameters of the show, Game of Thrones, which I've literally never watched. I just want to say that. I've gone record. Not interested at all. No, I, no. I heard about what it's about and I said, that is, we have that already. 
in life. So no, thank you. Uh, same thing with Handmaid's Tale. But yeah, just not interested. But according to Spotify, this is like the second most listened to Hold Study song. And it was until really recently, it was the first most listened to. And now Sequestered in Memphis is the first most listened to, which I, I can get on board with that. I love that song. It's a yeah, banger. I'm on board with that. But I was it was surprising to me. Yeah. Like what happened? You know what? I wonder if it got put on a soundtrack or something because. Like, or or like a playlist. Yeah. So yeah. I'm just, I Googled the song and the the lyrics come from the book. Oh. Yeah. Oh. So I guess that Hold Study just put it to music, but the songwriters are not the members the of the band. Yeah. Oh, interesting. Yep. Okay. So I, I, mean, I would that... be curious to hear about this, the story behind it. There, I read about it at one point. I'll find it. I'll find an article that explains it. See, doing my research. Here I am doing my research, not before I do the show. It's okay. My sort of hot take is that Spotify shouldn't be allowed to choose what music is the best because it's a robot. So that's yeah. true. I mean, truly, like, honestly, though, like, it annoys the fuck out of me. Like, when I see that Spotify has made me yet another playlist of the same seven songs that I listen to all the time, which I don't care. You know, I like those songs, but like, bro, very, you know, anyway, my actual choice is Hood Rat. Whoa. Yeah. And I, I know. Well, and here's why I like that song a lot, but I think that it has become more of a vehicle for moving the show along than a song. And, like, you know, I get it. Killer Parties has, you know, Killer Parties just doesn't, it doesn't feel the same way to me for some reason. I think Hood Rat is just from a time when they were playing live a lot. It might just be the fact that I've heard it live, like, almost every time I've seen them, which is many, many, many times. So maybe it's more of an overplayed for me. But, you know, I think that it is not they're musically like their their most interesting song um i think that it has some really important i think it has some really important imagery that's obviously canonical to this band jesus that sentence that i just said it's like i'm back in uh undergrad i was gonna say is this what being a white man feels like (laughs) yo i feel amazing um i got all the power and uh, no consequences nope i think that there are a lot of songs about Holly though. And this is not my favorite. Um, I think that it's done its time and I kind of don't need to hear it every show anymore. So I don't know. It's like one of those things that happens when you play live a lot, you start doing something and then it just becomes a habit and then you just keep doing it. And at this point, if they stopped doing it, many men would be upset. So, um, and some women. Yeah. Yeah. But do you know what I mean? It would be a different kind of upset. It would be the very entitled upset. Like, I didn't get the, you know, I didn't get the thing that I expected. I didn't get the kind of ice cream I like, and I'm throwing a tantrum now. Yeah. Um, So I would, I don't know. I I think it would be cool if they'd switch that up or something. And like, I'll just end this by saying this isn't the strongest argument. It's a podcast. I'm talking shit. Anyone can say anything on a podcast. Um, (laughs) So true. I, you know, also, it's just like, it's the end of the show. Here's the end of the show song. <laughs> I think that it's also like, 
the the song on the album for me is totally different from the song oh, as so a live different. experience. And like when I think of the song as a live experience, I just think of like furiously grabbing confetti and then just, I'm like holding it in my and hands just, like, and it's getting sweaty and yeah, I'm like, waiting. Like, yeah, like I can barely hear and I, I'm excited to throw the confetti. But I also like I've been thinking lately, maybe we need more confetti cues. Just something that I've been throwing around in the old noggin. That I mean, unpleasant the, breakfast is begging for it. Unpleasant breakfast is begging for it. We did one for one real. time in Lord I'm Discouraged uh, that I think we should continue. I, I was talking about this with a friend yesterday because we were with some some hold study friends yesterday. And um, am I going crazy? Are we all going crazy? But did there used to be confetti during stations sometimes? Yeah. Right? Yeah. I think there was in the early days. Yeah, yeah, that's what I thought. Too. That entire album was confetti, just had a confetti vibe. It's just calling for confetti. It is. Yeah. And like, so, yeah. Yeah. This is not supposed to be the spiciest of takes. This is me being at a Mexican restaurant asking for them to either not put not the salsa that they normally put on whatever this is or just. Give me the, mildest, on the side, please. Because they'll be like, oh, you know, it's not that strong. I'm like, no, no, no. I'm a big baby. Please, please just listen so to me. You had a Thai place and they're like, do you want white spicy or do you want restaurant spicy. Thai spicy? Yeah. Right. I mean, not only is it unpleasant for me, I just also have a very special little stomach. So <laughs> um, no. it makes sense that my hot take would be the mild at best. I think that your hot take is pretty spicy because I think that, especially among the unified scene, this song has a very special place in people's hearts. But when Absolutely. if you could detach that emotion from it, which I'm not suggesting that people have to do, it's like, is it that strong of a song on its own? But I don't know. Have we all just heard it so many times that is that it's beginning to lose its meaning? Which you're right. It doesn't happen with killer parties. I think that's exactly it right there. I think it doesn't mean anything to me anymore because, again, it's used as a function rather than it's, it's you know, it's like a vehicle rather than a song. Mm-hmm. So I don't, you know, it's like, you're a little hurt. Oh, okay, last song. All right. You know, like it's like an indicator. And I just don't, yeah, I don't hear the song anymore. You know, it's not easy to be in a band. It's not easy to be in a band that plays these huge long shows and they play for two hours straight. I'm not criticizing. I'm just saying. I'm being that guy. Um, oh, are you just saying that there's another underrated song that we forgot about? From a buddy comedy starring Vince Vaughn? The song Just Saying? The song Just Saying? Certainly not brothers and definitely not lovers. I don't just know what we're talking about. In a friendship. The, oh. the song, they have a song oh. called Just Saying. It was on the, the soundtrack for the... For a movie starring like Vince Vaughn Vince and Vaughn. Kevin James. Yeah, Kevin James. Wait, the whole study did? Yes. yes. <laughs> what? I reference it all the time. Me too. Whoever knows what I'm talking about. Holy fuck. Wow. I can't believe that this is brand new information. I, I love mean. it. I love seeing this in real time. As a person whose MySpace URL was myspace.com slash Mrs. Vince Vaughn for some reason. <laughs> I think I was 20. I don't know. Hey, you I know, really sometimes like... truth feels just like love. And sometimes <laughs> love is just the truth. The dilemma. Yeah, oh, I know. Movie. Okay. This came out in 2011. That's why I didn't know about it. Yeah. That's fair. 2011 was... A time. 
It was fine in here. Uh, let's just say I was not uh, super Seriously, present not in 2011 <laughs> until the last two awareness. The last oh. two months of two of 2011, I was extremely yeah. aware of everything going on around me. Raw dogging reality. Oh, we call. I mean, sometimes we say that. I just raw out here, just raw dogging life. Um, it's not, you know, it's not great. Wait, I'm looking at the lyrics. They're bad. Sorry, Craig. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, they're they're really not good. So if I seem excited, it's just because you've ignited something so much deeper down now. <laughs> and it's, Sorry, guys. Ooh, is that about a dick? It's I mean, tell, try telling truth. To, there's a part that says try taking ice cold showers. So. Yes. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Not exactly brothers and certainly not lovers. Just put us down as in a friendship. Oh, like like on Facebook, not in a relationship. Uh, it's very 2011. Yeah, yes. we've been through complications. It's complicated. Oh, my God. This song is about Facebook. <laughs> Craig, you have a song uh... about Facebook. The other thing I have to say about this song is that it apparently makes my phone think. That I should vote Republican. Ew. My phone is showing me a vote Republican ad right now. So I, wow, nope. I don't know if I need to listen to this one. My phone is saying hashtag do it like baby challenge on YouTube. What does that mean? What? I don't want to, I don't want to know. I don't think I'm ever going to find out. Um, well, we're going to have to send this to the group chat so you can hear it. We'll add it to the show notes. Um, but also, yeah. if you, too, are just finding out about the existence of this song today, please let us know. Yeah. You can tweet us at Study Ladies on Twitter. You know what? I feel like, despite the fact that we've had all these takes, overrated, underrated, we've managed to stay pretty upbeat, you know, kind of the opposite of negative. Um, what's the word I'm looking so for? So would you say that we have perhaps stayed positive? Stay positive. I don't know if that's the word. Is that the word? Stay Positive is an, I think, the most overrated Hold Steady song. I'm right with you. Yeah. This might be one of the spicier takes. To start off with, I think Mosh Pit, Josh, being on the song live now has, like, brought some life back into it and, like, changed it a little bit. But, like, right off the bat, we've said this expression before, this song is is Hold Steady Mad Libs. Mm -hmm. And I realize that it is supposed to be, like, much of this album is it's supposed to be, like callback and a throwback to like 80s hardcore and all things like that I don't think that the song is like deserving of the love and adoration that it receives I think it's a fine song I think the message is good you know it's Craig's like wrestling with his own fame and thinking about getting older and all of the things that so much of that album is about. Um, but it has taken on like this, like bronus live that I'm really not a fan of, like the clamoring for the microphone and, uh, getting your sweaty grossness all over me. Cause you're trying to get to the front so you can yell like we're at a fucking hardcore show and, 2003 i don't like what it's turned into and i skip it if it comes on when i'm at home the first time i heard it i was like what the fuck is this mad ball shit it was a single that came out and i remember just being like oh no <laughs> which is awful Be- well and especially because sequestered in memphis was the first single so which is such a, a like i said it's a banger it's, it's uh cinematic it's, it's, it's just catchy as fuck and then when this song came out, I was like, oh, no. <laughs> Do you remember the video? Oh, no. Oh. 
Oh, and I just remembered the other thing I wanted to say about this song, and I'll let you keep talking because this is your segment, but the A Positive Rage was a concert film, yeah. question mark, tour Both. film. Yeah, it was made at, it was a ill-advised time to make a movie about the whole study. Um, no, everyone had been on tour for three months. No one had shaved. It was not amazing. But the other thing that made me hate this song a little bit is that in that documentary, and like, this isn't their fault, but whoever made it, decided that for all of the interstitial shots, he would just play the chorus over and over again. That's right. That's all it is. And it's really lays bare just how repetitive that song is. Yeah, and I get that the repetition is part of it. Um, And I I, I understand that it's supposed to be a sing-along song at at the end. I think it's it's a terrible closer. The video is like Craig walking around Brooklyn with like computer animation, things happen. It's very 2008. I mean, when was the last time a band made a a video? But it's like all behind, besides Early Risers, wonderful videos. (laughs) They are so fun. (laughs) They are fun. I know bands still make videos, but the whole study hasn't made one in a long time. I think a walking around in the street, hey, man, like that kind of video is just like, I mean, it's very, you know what? It was fine at the time, 2008. Of its time. Mm-hmm. of its time yeah and like i like we've been saying we're not here to shit on the songs but i want people to just take a closer look and, and see if really this is deserving of the love that you give it and the where you place it in your ranking i mean it's, it's mostly just like pretty nice i guess it's mostly all right but with a, ba- with a band that's like capable of the songs that they've written like i just don't think this is the best example Yes, and I don't understand why people want to reduce the hold steady to songs like Stay Positive when they are capable of heights like Lord, I'm Discouraged. Your table hits are audible, and I'm here for it. <laughs> They're off screen. I didn't even know anyone. <laughs> but I forgot right. the microphone. You got a good mic. Pick it's it up. Like, yeah. Guess what, everybody? <laughs> I've got something to say. <laughs> I got I got a lot of problems with you people. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, yeah, should we move on? Do you have more? No, I think I've exhausted even my own self. Um <laughs> Uh well, we're going to get to that part of the show. See, I'm doing we, it. We can only say one thing. We can only say one thing. Hmm. That's my crack impression. <laughs> Just mumbling to myself. That's what he was doing on the street in the Stay Positive video. <laughs> Just trying to avoid the uh, the seamless ads in the background. <laughs> to be I'm fair, too me. famous. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, how will I ever? I, I get a lot street. of double takes. <laughs> the laughter there's really so much joy in what we do here mm-hmm. so we thought we'd share what's bringing us joy in our own lives this week desi would you like to start us off oh sure i was 
going to try not to do a dog related so much joy this week because I feel like that's all I talk about, but she is perfect and amazing. Uh, and Kaylee and Heidi both told me to use this one. So, uh, like I mentioned, we went to a dog parade this morning. Uh, it was like a costume contest dog parade combo thing. And, uh, we won us the three faces of Foley, which is pretty niche if you don't know wrestling. But we won one of the categories, which was delightful. So I think my so much joy is actually for Evan for entertaining my stupid costume idea for wearing a mask hastily made out of spare leather from a cushion that I recovered so that I could live out my fantasy of being the three faces of Foley at one time and in the process winning a costume contest. So Evan is bringing me so much joy this week as every week. Aww. Aww. I'm going to go throw up now. Gross. This is a whole study is for women. Get it right. <laughs> well, I love Halloween. It's like one of my favorite holidays. I just watch horror movies all month, although I'm very specific about what kind. I'm a big baby. I can't watch like a, I hate the Jason movies, but. One thing I really love is old horror. I love a Bella Lugosi, all that stuff. But a big part of my Halloween has been something that I used to do when I was a little kid and that I did for the first time since I was a little kid, which is watch a silent movie with theater organ accompaniment. And if you've never done that before, it is a really cool experience. Before there was talking and sound in movies, there were these crazy instruments that provided the entire soundtrack, whether it was horse galloping or doorbells or whatever. It was really cool. This is a whole other thing I could tell you guys about sometimes. Bonus episode about my dad's favorite hobby, question mark, which is restoring theater organs. But anyway, point is, uh, the United Palace up in very upper Manhattan, it's like 175th and Broadway, has a theater organ in the walls. So they've been doing some fundraisers to try and restore it. My dad's organization, the New York Theater Organ Society, is in charge of it. And they did a screening last night using a portable organ that sort of mimics the way that a theater organ would sound um, that my dad delivered to the theater. He was not actually there. He was at the Poughkeepsie Bardavon screening of The Phantom of the Opera. He had the other screening to be at. Um, So I went down to this one and reported back. And it was just really, really cool. I went with my friend Aaron, who had never seen something like that before. My joy was really watching somebody who had never experienced this thing that's been really special to me my entire life also enjoy it. You know, I've never heard of this and it sounds awesome. Like, I want to go see that. We've never talked about this. No, like, I know that your dad restored organs and stuff, but I've never I never knew that there was like a movie organ uh, story or connection. Oh my God. I have so much to tell you, but it's funny because this stuff, when I was a kid, this was a very embarrassing hobby that my dad had. It was like, he would be like, Oh, you can bring your friend to the movie. And I'd be like embarrassed of him and stuff. You know, I'd be like, I don't know. I didn't like it. One of my formative experiences, honestly, was seeing the original Phantom of the Opera when I was like 10, which if you've never seen it, it's fucking terrifying. It's very scary. Holy shit. That's so scary. And Nosferatu is also, it's like weird because it's like old timey and silent movie. So there's lots of overacting with the face, but it is genuinely terrifying. Pretty scary. Yeah. It's a German film from 1922. So like. Nothing good happened in there. Also, Bram Stoker's widow was so angry about this movie because they didn't ask to like adapt Dracula for it that she ordered all copies of it be destroyed. So the fact that it survived is pretty crazy, that it's 100 years old, and that I went to see it in a theater last night. So 
Yeah. I guess that was it. Sharing a, an experience that's been important to me with a friend who appreciated it. That's lovely. Thanks for sharing. Um, I'll have to show you um, my best friend's six-year-old is going as Phantom of the Opera for Halloween this year because she has been obsessed with the musical. That's so cute. Summer. Oh my god, she like went full out for her costume for the school parade. It, it's epic. I love it. So my so much joy this week. Um, I got to be a little a little basic right before. We did, had our um, recording. I baked my pumpkin cookies and I lit my pumpkin apple candle. But speaking of basic, what's bringing me so much joy this past week is the new Taylor Swift record. Um, it is awesome. I really am enjoying it. I know I'm not alone in that. But I think on the 3am edition, she put out like seven extra songs. And there is a song on there that is really just impacting me on a more personal level. And it's been really nice to have the song bigger than the whole world. Um, it's been really nice to have that. And a lot of other women have also shared their similar experiences while listening to this song. And I think, you know, it's nice to be able to share um, and um, identify with people in what is a pretty isolating experience. So new Taylor records. Great. You should listen to it. It's danceable. It's sad. It's wonderful. It's everything we love from Taylor Swift. Exactly. Well, I think on that note, there's only one thing left to say. Really? Like for real this time. Um, and you know, it's that I'm Heidi I'm Desi. I'm Kaylee. We, we are, are all. all. We are all. The hold steady and we we fucking love fucking you. Fucking love, love you. you. Love you. There's some vocal fry for everyone out there who hates it. Hates vocal fry. Hates the vocal fry. Please write us emails about how much you hate our vocal fry. We will immediately delete them. Okay. Bye. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye. Thanks for understanding. <laughs> Bye.